when we first adopted her, I'll admit that I was definitely helicopter parent. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm scared she's going to hurt herself. I would carry her, pick her up. I would do everything for her. I'd even go to the bathroom with her and like hold her up because I was, you know, I felt like I needed to help her with everything. Um, but it didn't take long for her to show me that she didn't need that and that I was really doing her a disservice by doing everything for her. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Dive into the tips and tricks that you can use while exploring with your cat. They share the war stories, we celebrate the wins, laugh at the horror experiences and the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Hi everyone, welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Hasara. And I'm Daniel. And before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to ask if you've seen the new Cat Explorer merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and many more things to help you identify you and your kitty as proud Cat Explorers. All the merch is available online at www.catexplorer.co slash shop with delivery to wherever you are in the world. We're really excited about our guest today. We've got Emily from Kitty Cat Chronicles. Emily's family includes seven kitties and two sugar gliders. And three of her cats are special needs cats. And she's committed about sharing about cerebellar hyperplasia and FIV, which is otherwise known as feline AIDS. I love following Kitty Cat Chronicles as they make me smile and they show me all the incredible things that cats with special needs can achieve. And I'll be honest, to me, all the information and stories that Emily shares has made me rethink about how I see animals with special needs. They haven't got an affliction or a disability. Rather, they have something that makes them special and they inspire me every day. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited too. Um, so we'd love to hear a little bit about all your animals. Do you mind taking us through your gang and how they came into your family? Sure. Um, well, as you said, I have seven cats. Um, the first cat that I ever got on my own as an adult was Delilah. Um, she's a rescue. We adopted her. And shortly after, we then adopted Samson. Um, and then Sophie, who is our cat with cerebellar hypoplasia, um, we adopted her as well. All of our cats are rescues, if you haven't picked up on that. Um, and then after Sophie was Sassy, who is FIV positive, um, she actually was not adopted. We rescued her um, just from the streets. We found her outside of our old apartment building. And um, I started feeding her and tried to find a family to see if she belonged to somebody and might have been lost. But after nobody claimed her, um, my husband and I did. And mm -hmm. then um, Castor came after Sassy, who also we found at our old apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> um, that seems to be a good place to pick up stray cats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I found him in the woods behind our apartment building. And that story is actually kind of neat. I, um, my husband and I woke up on a rainy Saturday morning um, because I heard a cat crying and he sounded distressed and I thought probably very injured. And so I, I put on my coat and rain boots and went out to investigate, expecting to find um, a very severely injured cat and, um, but I found Castor who wasn't injured at all, just very scared. And as soon as he saw me and I kneeled down, he ran and jumped into my arms and, uh, I brought him inside and my husband was still in bed and he looked over at me and said, 
is that a cat? And I said, yes. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, I tried to find a family for him thinking he might have been missing or lost, but uh, nobody claimed him either. So he became ours. <laughs> yep. Um, and then Kylo Ren, um, was a Valentine's day present from my husband. Actually, that was a surprise. I came home from visiting a friend one weekend and there was a little kitten running around the house and, uh, it was pretty cool. And he, he was also adopted. Um, and then, uh, Radagast, um, is our most recent, um, adoptee. We adopted him, I, I guess about a year and a half ago. Um, and he is special needs as well. Um, his back legs are disabled possibly from, um, an injury or abuse or, uh, something like that. We don't know really the cause, but, um, he has some issues because of his back legs, but he's a super sweet boy and, and the perfect uh, final addition to our family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they all sound adorable. And you've got two sugar gliders as well. Yes. Yes. Um, we got Jubilee and Sydney, um, a few years ago, they were definitely an impulse purchase. Um, we got them, from a breeder at a local festival. We were mm-hmm. there one day walking around and I had uh, looked into sugar gliders years ago when I was um, a kid because I saw them somewhere and thought they were super cute, but my parents wouldn't let me have them. And then when my husband and I saw them at the festival, uh, I was like, uh, we have to have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got oh. two of them. <laughs> Oh, that's adorable. And do they get along with the kitties as well, or do you keep them separate? I keep them separate. Um, yeah. It's it's usually recommended not to have them interact with other pets because they're so small and fragile. Yeah. And even if your cat isn't purposely trying to injure them, just a playful swat could mm-hmm. hurt them. And uh, it's yeah. just not worth the risk. So I keep them separated. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. I think they'd look like those fun things to jump at. So, yeah, I completely get that. Yeah. Yeah. Cute as it would be to have photos of my sugar gliders and my together, I just don't want to take that risk. Yeah, yeah, completely understandable. And and I love that you have such a variety of kitties. They've all got their own personalities and things like that. Do they all get along or do they have like a pecking order or anything like that? They all get along for the most part. Um, Sassy, um, our FIV kitty, she is kept separate from the other cats, um, not because she's FIV positive, because FIV positive cats can live with um, FIV negative cats, but um, Sassy is aggressive towards other cats and doesn't get along with them and tries to fight and stuff like that. So for her happiness and the safety of all of other cats, we just keep her separated um Mm -hmm. but all of our other cats get along pretty well they're um every now and then they have a little spat but Mm -hmm. um uh, we have a pretty close-knit little family um we do have a bit of a pecking order um samson i would say is our alpha kitty but he's a he's a good one he he looks out for everybody and uh is just very sweet 
and it, so it works well. He sets a good dynamic yeah, for the family. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that he's um he looks out for everyone, like the big brother kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, really lovely. Um, so a lot of um people might not understand what FIV is. Do you mind explaining exactly what it is? Because I think colloquially it's known as feline AIDS, but what exactly is FIV? Um, well, feline AIDS is not necessarily the same thing, just like how people can get HIV, but they don't necessarily develop AIDS. Um, mm-hmm. So for cats, it's the same. The FIV virus is the equivalent to the human HIV virus. Um, a cat can contract it. Um, it's, it's, um, it weakens their immune system, and it's contracted from blood to saliva contact. So if um, a cat that has FIV were to bite um, like hard, not just playful bite, but enough to break the skin and um, cause a wound, then they can pass the virus on to another cat. Um, and it, it potentially um, weakens their immune system if the cat is not well taken care of and provided food and safety and a stress-free environment, then um, you know, their immune system just gets weaker. And then even something like a little cold can be detrimental, but we've had Sassy for, um, over five years now and she's never once been sick. Um, you would never know that she has FIV. She's just like a regular cat. You know, we make sure that she's well taken care of just like all our other cats and, and she's perfectly healthy. That's awesome, because I think there's a bit of a perception that an FIV is a life sentence, like cats who've got FIV tend to not be adopted, they're the last ones to be adopted and things like that, but that's really not the case. Do you take any specific steps to keep Sassy um, healthy, or um, does it impact her life much, having FIV? No, um, not at all. Um, We don't really do anything special. We just take care of her and give her the same care as all of our other cats. Um, If she were to get sick um, with something small, I would probably be quicker to take her to the vet um, because Mm -hmm. it um, could potentially progress into something more serious. Um, But, you know, for over five years, she hasn't even ever had like a little cold or anything before. So, um, I mean, she she's perfectly healthy so thankfully has not required any sort of special care mm, that's awesome like I think um because ever since my, um, starting Cat Explorer I'm learning a lot more about how difficult it is for rescues and stuff to adopt out these cats with FIV so I think it's so important to highlight that there are cats like Sassy who are living these amazing lives even though they just happen to have this um happen to have FIV so I think what you're doing yeah. is highlighting how, she, how much she's enjoying life is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it is unfortunate that it is that way. I mean, even in the veterinary world, there's a, still a lot of um, misconceptions and misunderstanding because the vet that we saw when we uh, first rescued Sassy and took her to get her vaccinations and tested and all of that, um, I mean, even the vet told me that she had AIDS and that she would probably die soon and that I might should just consider euthanizing her right then. And, um, thankfully I didn't listen and I went home and did my own research and found out that, um, you know, that's just not true. So, yeah. I'm I'm really glad that you did that because she's lived such an awesome life now. Like, 
that makes me sad to think that that might that advice might have been given to other people who didn't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now she uh, she's actually starting to enjoy outside adventures. We took her out for oh, her really? first one recently. Yeah. <laughs> How did that go? Very cool. Very well. Very well. I I I'm surprised that we hadn't thought about it sooner. It was my husband's idea. Um, because she used to live outside, you know, we rescued her as a stray. And so we thought, um, well, you know, maybe she wouldn't be scared of going outside because she used to live out there, you know? And so I put a harness on her and took her out in the backyard and she, I mean, she took to it right away. She loved it. So I think we might be seeing more of her and her adventures soon. (laughs) That's awesome. Was there anything in particular that you needed to do with Sassy that was anything different or like anything to try and get her to, I guess, train her in the way to get her to go outside of exploring? Or did, um, not, um, not really because I, I haven't done much with her. She's only been out one time just in our backyard a couple weeks ago. We uh, took her out and that was her first, um, her first adventure. I haven't tried taking her out like to a park or anything like that yet uh it's it's winter here and so it's kind of cold and the weather's Mm -hmm. not uh very suitable for adventures right now so um hopefully as when the weather gets better we'll sort of jump into it more with sassy to get her trained for more than just a backyard adventure Mm, yeah it seems like what you've done is you started her small getting out there into a comfortable environment that you guys know and you guys can sort of at least um, protect and make sure that there's nothing in there that's going to sort of upset that uh, first time and make sure that it's going to go as smooth as possible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then if, if, since we just stayed in the backyard, if something were to spook her, we can easily just and quickly get back into the house. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I actually um, first came across you and Kitty Cat Chronicles via a video of Sophie doing her trademark walk, which is really, really adorable. <laughs> um, so Sophie's your kitty who's got cerebellar hyperplasia. Do you mind explaining what cerebellar hyperplasia is and the impact it's got on her life and how um, and has she found any ways of compensating for having a disability? Sure. So... Cerebellar hypoplasia is a neurological disorder that cats are born with. So it's not something that they can catch or develop later in life. It's, um, it's a congenital disorder um, where the cerebellum part of her brain just didn't develop all the way before she was born. And um, cerebellum is the part of everybody's brain that is responsible for coordination and fine motor control and stuff like that. So um, with an underdeveloped cerebellum, you get a wobbly kitty who, um, you know, has some trouble walking. Depending on the severity, there are different um, levels of CH. Um, Sophie is what's considered a mild to moderate um, level. Mm-hmm. She she can walk and she gets around pretty well on her own, but she falls over and loses her balance sometimes. And um, she can't she can jump, um, but not as well as um, 
a normal cat. And then you have more severe cases of CH where um, the cats can't walk at all um, and they need a lot more assistance than what Sophie needs. Um, Sophie doesn't require too much extra care. Um, when we first adopted her, we um, took a lot more precautions out of fear. We tried to keep her off the furniture and things like that because I didn't want her to fall off and hurt herself. And um, But I quickly learned that uh, I can't really keep Sophie from doing anything that she wants to do. <laughs> um, she, when she has gets it in her head that she's going to do something, then she's going to do it. Um, we lived in a house. Uh, that had stairs. And so I put a baby gate at the bottom of the stairs so she wouldn't go up and down them and possibly fall and injure herself. And she, after maybe a day, figured out how to climb over the baby gate and <laughs> would run up and down the stairs over and over. Like she thought it was the most fun thing ever. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so she, she does really well. Um, we do have a special litter boxes for her. Um, because when she's using the restroom, she uh, easily loses her balance and will fall over. And that can lead to messes, which mm -hmm. we learned uh, quickly after we first adopted her. And we didn't have the special litter boxes. We were giving Sophie baths daily and cleaning up messes around the house. And then we discovered that um, you can make a litter box out of like a plastic storage bin that has the high sides and just mm -hmm. cut a hole in it. And um, so she can go in there and lean against the walls of the litter box while she goes to the bathroom and it keeps her keeps her up. And so that has completely solved that problem. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, that's a really smart idea. Like, I can't take credit. I, I, Sophie's foster mom uh, mm -hmm. told us about that trick. So, <laughs> oh, OK, it's awesome that people are sharing tricks as well. Like that's that's the whole point is so you can help each other. So, yeah, because. Yeah, that's so lovely. So yeah. can I just, um, I guess, explore? So that that little box, the hole, is it for them to go through at the front? How does that look? I'm just trying to imagine in my head and struggling. Yeah, so you can cut a hole pretty much at any, any side of the box. Okay. You just cut yeah. like a little square um, and so they can walk in. Uh, we don't, okay. we cut it sort of low so that there's only about a two inch little lip on that side where the hole is. So she doesn't have to step too high or, or worry about tripping or anything. Um, so she can easily get in and then lean against the walls and then come back out. Okay. And is the box closed or open? It's open. Okay. Yeah. I actually like the idea of using a storage um, container as a litter box because they're always big enough. Like I find litter boxes are too small. Like our Lumos is big and every litter box we bought is an extra large and he still looks tiny. Like the litter box looks tiny compared to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, all of our litter boxes are like that, um, the storage bins. And yeah. we, we've had different sizes. Um, we've had small ones and we quickly realized the small ones are too small and there have been times where we had really gigantic ones um, that like, and we called it a party box for a, for a while because we would catch like three of them in there together using the bathroom. I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, it's a litter box party. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's weird. <laughs> uh, the downside to the party box is that it's not easy to clean and dispose of the litter because it's so big. It's it's just a yeah. it's too much trouble. So we are now using more like of a medium sized storage box. <laughs> so when you say medium, do you have an idea how that how big that would be dimension wise? Oh, um, I'm really bad at judging distances but I would say it's maybe I don't know maybe three feet long and then maybe a foot and a half wide those are it's a very rough estimate (laughs) (laughs) hey that's awesome that's actually quite big I'm just thinking about in my head yeah well it's nothing compared to the party box the party box was like five feet long. Oh my goodness! How did you carry that thing? Well, it had wheels. It had wheels oh. on, so you could okay. drag it around. But to lift it and dump the litter out of yeah. it, it was just too much. Gosh, yeah. Just for context, so six feet is the height of like a normal male, average size male. Yes. Yeah. But which is about 180 centimeters in in the um the metric world so to have three feet is half the height of an average male of but the five foot one is just almost the height of a hey i'm five foot (laughs) that is i could be i could be off like i said i'm bad at judging distances so that could be a little too high of an estimate on the length i'm not sure i can get back to you on that (laughs) No, I just love how it's so big. It, it, it's big, it's, is, I guess, the answer. Yeah, because we've yeah. learned that, yeah, like, we've learned that our litter box sometimes is a bit too small. So, yeah, that's it's a good way to, um, because they say a cat should be able to sit in and move around very easily. Like, you need to have enough room. So, it's definitely a good size. Yeah. Why settle for yeah. one cat being able to move around? Go for yeah. the party box and let all three of your four cats in there together. <laughs> Actually, talking about a party bus, um, a while ago, I remember you mentioned a story about Sophie, your husband, and you at a rest stop. Oh, Do you boy. mind telling that story? I love, love, love that story. It makes me laugh. It, it makes me realize that everyone has the same struggles while exploring. Yes. Yes, so that is probably my most embarrassing adventure story. Um, So Sophie and my husband and I were driving to um, Atlanta for a pet expo show. And for context, uh, we live about an hour and a half or so away from Atlanta, Georgia. And um, So it was a bit of a car ride, but Sophie had been on much longer car rides than that before. Um, So it wasn't her her first car excursion. But um, she doesn't particularly like car rides a lot. And she's a nervous pooper. So about 45 minutes into the drive, we noticed a particularly foul smell. And I turned around, my husband was driving, I turned around to check it out and realized that Sophie had pooped in her carrier and a combination of a wobbly cat riding in a car with poop in her carrier is a recipe for a big mess. 
<laughs> she had fallen over and I mean she was just like covered and so we and we're 45 minutes from home so it was like okay what do we do uh we pulled we got off the interstate and of course the interstate or the exit that we got off of there wasn't um really a whole lot there there was a a car mechanic shop and that was pretty much it. So we we stopped there and asked the the car mechanic people if they had a hose that we could borrow and some soap and they they obliged and uh, we in the parking lot of the uh, the car mechanic we proceeded to give Sophie a, Sophie a bath and uh, you know people are. walking by and passing by and like laughing at us and like wondering what in the world are these crazy people doing bathing their poop covered cat in a parking lot of a car mechanic (laughs) it was just so random and uh uh thankfully we got her clean and we proceeded the rest of the way to the pet expo and had a great time (laughs) I'm so impressed that you actually went to the expo. I think I would have been like, I'm done. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were already halfway. So it's like we could go turn around and go home or we could go for it. And we went for it. And uh, I'm glad we did. It was a fun adventure. But the trip there was uh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Was Sophie uh, good in terms of a bath or was she... Yeah, is she good in terms of bath in general? She is pretty good at uh, bathing because, as I mentioned before, when we first adopted her, before we got the special litter box, we were giving her baths like every day, and so Mm -hmm. um, she is pretty used to them. She kind of cries a bit, but she usually stays pretty still and just kind of lets you lets you do it. Um, So we didn't have trouble with her in the parking lot, other than I felt bad because they didn't have hot water. So oh. it was water from a hose, so I, I felt a little bad for her, but we didn't have an option. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's impressive because with Lumos and Noxy, we've given them baths on a regular basis at one point, and they still haven't gotten used to it. And yeah, they wouldn't be able to stand yeah. still, or they wouldn't be able to like it. That's for sure. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be running around, and we're chasing them sometimes and getting the whole floor wet. I get so yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> I have that experience bathing some of our other cats too. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand. I think um they say if you do it more often they get used to it. So my old cat Tabby, we had she had a skin condition, so she had to get bathed quite often and she realized that she felt better afterwards. So even though she didn't like it, she'd put up with it because it made her skin feel a lot better. So I think once they get used to it and they realize that it's actually an okay thing, it makes it a lot easier. But for those yeah. kitties who'd hate it, it doesn't make it easier at all. No, I, I I think some cats are just not, I don't know. Thankfully, yeah. Sophie is pretty, pretty easy in that area. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, I wanted to jump back to um, Sophie's diagnosis with CH. Um, how did you find out that she had it and how did it change the way you look after her own? Well, we adopted her knowing that she had it. Um, We, Sophie was our third cat. We had already adopted Samson and Delilah at that point. And my husband and I had a really bad habit of going to um, 
the pet store on the weekends when they have adoption mm-hmm. events and um, and torture ourselves with all the adorable, cute cats. And we were there uh, one day getting cat food or litter or something. And Sophie was there and she was walking around the adoption room and just had this adorable little waddle and would Mm -hmm. fall over and we just found it so charming Mm -hmm. and uh we went in to play with her and we we had no idea why she was walking that way um we just thought she was really cute and my husband picked her up and she purred and was just super sweet and really loving and then one of the uh rescue workers came in and we asked about her walk and they explained to us about um, cerebellar hypoplasia and everything. Um, We didn't adopt her that day though, because we already had two cats and we were like, Oh, we, I don't think we can have a third. And um, it was actually maybe four or five months later that we adopted Sophie. And um, we would go back and see her on the weekends at the adoption events. And thankfully no one adopted her, but Anyway, long story short, we knew she had CH when we adopted her. Um, So we didn't really have to change how we took care of her because um, we knew, you know, going into it. Mm. Although the litter box thing, uh, we we made the mistake of using regular litter boxes at first. But then Sophie's foster mom gave us the tip about the storage boxes. And then that made a big difference. That's awesome. Have you found that she's done things that have just surprised you that you didn't expect her to be able to do? Oh, yeah, uh, all the time. So when we first adopted her, she I don't know if she couldn't or she wouldn't jump. Um, but either way, she she wouldn't jump up on the couch, furniture, bed, anything. So mm-hmm. at night when my husband and I would go to bed, she'd stand at the edge of the bed on the floor and just cry until we pick her up and put her in the bed. And so that was just routine. If Sophie wanted up on the couch or the bed, she would sit there and sort of cry at us and we'd pick her up. Um, But then one day she jumped and uh, she missed. (laughs) 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 She, She did not make her mark, but she attempted a jump and it was the cutest thing. Um, and from then on, I think she kind of realized that she could jump. And mm-hmm. so, um, now today she jumps up on the bed, she jumps up on the couch, she, she'll jump anywhere. I mean, she still misses her target sometimes. Um, but she, she'll try again or she'll climb. She's a really mm-hmm. good climber. Mm-hmm. Um, she can scale anything. Uh, I'm surprised she hasn't figured out how to scale the walls yet. Um, so I would say the the jumping thing has been the the biggest victory because she went so long without doing it that I, my husband and I both just thought that wasn't something that she could do. Um, mm. And then she figured it out herself. And then the stairs also. Um, mm. The first time she climbed stairs I had taken her to visit my parents and they had stairs and I had her downstairs and I blocked off the stairs and um went upstairs for something and left her downstairs and I came out of the bedroom and she was 
sitting at the top of the stairs waiting for me. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I blocked the stairs. How did you do it? And, and, uh, so I, I was like, that must've been some sort of fluke or something. And then I watched her do it and it was a slow process and she stumbled a bit, but you know, she, she figured it out. Sophie, um, has this amazing ability to find a way to find her own way of doing whatever it is that she wants to do. The, you know, you tell her not to do something or she can't do something or try to keep her from doing something and, uh, that it's not going to work. She's going to find a way. <laughs> That's just beautiful. I, I just love how determined she is to just do what she wants to do. Like, she might have CH, but she can just do whatever she wants to do. And I think mm. actually yep. that's a lesson for all of us, actually. Like mm. if there's something you want to do, you can just do it. Yeah, and for sure. Definitely. And I think credit goes out to you guys as well in that you've been able to sort of allow her to push her boundaries and not coddle her and just basically be a helicopter type parent. So, you know, she's wanting to jump up and you've been given her that space and freedom to do so, which is great to see. Well, that was something we grew into. For sure, because when we first adopted her, I'll admit that I was definitely helicopter parent. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm scared she's going to hurt herself. I would carry her, pick her up. I would do everything for her. I'd even go to the bathroom with her and like hold her up because I was, you know, I felt like I needed to help her with everything. Um, but it didn't take long for her to show me that she didn't need that and that I was really doing her a disservice by doing everything for her um, and not letting her find her own way and do it herself. And, um, so today, I mean, she's, she's very codependent on my husband. She loves her daddy, but (laughs) she has a very independent spirit and that she doesn't want help with anything. She's going to do, do everything on her own. That's awesome. And I love that she loves her daddy so much. Um, some of the videos I've seen is of her walking with her dad all the time and doing yeah. that trademark walk. Um, I see that you take her out a lot, like you go exploring and things like that. How did you start training her to go out and explore? Um, well, Sophie has always had a uniquely laid back personality. Um, you know, I would take her with me to go visit my parents. And she didn't bat an eye about that. Um, she she was never scared of people or uh, if my if a family member came over and brought a dog or something. She's she's just fearless. And um, one day, my husband and I decided to just take her out into the backyard. Uh, we knew we didn't have to worry about her getting away um, mm-hmm. because of her. Uh, because of CH, she can't mm-hmm. run. I mean, she can run, but not as fast as mm-hmm. a, um, you know, like a regular cat. We can catch her if she were to try to, you know, sprint off or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just took her out in the backyard and to play with her, and she loved it. She there was a dog in the yard next door with a fenced in yard, so we didn't have to worry about uh, any danger or anything, but she just went right up to the fence and was like, hi, let's be friends. And, and, uh, and the dog was even like, Sophie is fear, fearless sometimes to her detriment. I mean, the dog was yeah. like snarling and barking. I was like, Sophie, you're lucky there's a fence there. Like that dog wants to eat you. And she's just like, hi, 
You're my new best friend. <laughs> so after that, we were like, oh, gosh, she she just seemed to enjoy that. And she wasn't scared at all. So then we took her, I think, to maybe uh, an outdoor concert one day. Um, you know, set up a picnic blanket and just sat out and listened to music with her and she ate it up. People were coming up to her and petting her and she loved it. She's never met a stranger in her life, um, animal or human. And, and so it just kind of progressed from there. She, she just was really a natural, you know, people always ask me when we're out exploring together, like, how did you train her? I'm like, I mean, honestly, I didn't. <laughs> My other cats, <laughs> I have had to train. You know, Kylo Ren and Castor, I've had to train them. But Sophie um, is just 100% a natural. She's just, like, up for anything all the time. That's awesome. I lo- And I love that. That's just another thing that shows that cats with CH can do anything. Like, she's up for so many new things. Like, the other day I saw that you'd taken her to see some Christmas lights with some snow as well, which... So we live in Australia, so we don't see snow. So I just thought that was just magical. Like she just looked like she was having so much fun. It was it was such yeah. a beautiful video. It she really loves warmed that. my heart. Yeah. yeah. Now it was not real snow. We don't get yeah, snow yeah, here either. <laughs> <laughs> it's very very rare that we have snow too. Um, but yeah, she she loved it. Um, and you know, my husband and I went out that night thinking we were gonna have a, just a nice uh, nice evening. Set up some chairs and just sit and watch the lights and listen to the music and have Sophie with us but she was very social and just wanted to walk up and meet everybody so it totally forced us to um you know meet and greet all of her new adoring fans and uh I mean she 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 loved it I don't think she's ever um been on you know on an adventure gone out and been scared it Mm. it it really surprises me (laughs) (laughs) she just loves it so much do you have like a favorite place that you've taken her or a favorite uh, like a most memorable adventure with her ah that's a that's a tough question um Sophie she really likes adventures where there are other people and other animals Mm. um which is like the opposite of my other cats. Um, so we don't always take them all out together for that reason. You know, they all sort of have their different likes and, and styles mm-hmm. as far as exploring and, and stuff. So Sophie, she thrives on um, like park adventures and uh, going to, we've taken her to several outdoor concerts and um and stuff like that places where she doesn't have to ride in the car for a long time because I don't want to give her baths on the side of the road anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's understandable. (laughs) So short car rides away where she can walk around and, and enjoy uh, being social. Mm -hmm. That's her, her, she's in her element with that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And, I just love seeing all the videos and photos you post of Sophie exploring. She's got that swagger and that march, and you can just always tell that she's so happy. And her personality just shines through, and you can see that she's that you're giving her like this amazing life. But 
knowing that, it just makes me so sad to hear that people sometimes ask, why bother with cats with CH? How do you normally respond to this? Or um, how, how would you prefer people to ask questions about CH? Well, I love when people ask me questions because it gives me the opportunity to educate and raise awareness um, for CH. But it definitely bothers me when people are rude about it or mm. they make assumptions. I think the, the biggest thing that um, gets under my skin is when people come up to us and they assume that because she has a strange walk that she must be miserable or she must be in pain and that I'm somehow torturing her by, you know, taking her out. And, um, you know, I, I of course take the opportunity to tell them that, you know, she's not in any pain. Uh, that's she's just the way she is. She doesn't know any difference. Um, you know, no need to feel sorry for her. You know, she certainly doesn't feel sorry for herself. <laughs> she, mm. Uh, so, you know, why should, why should anybody else? Um, so I think, you know, if people are going to ask questions about cats that they meet or any animal that they meet that has some sort of, um, special need is instead of assume that the animal is, you know, unhappy or, or hurting, you know, maybe, assume the opposite first and ask questions and figure out what the situation is rather than jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because like we get so many questions just walking Lumos and Oxy. So I can imagine that yours, like you get so much more than we would. We just get, Oh, it's a cat on a leash, but you would get like yeah. so much more with when people see Sophie walk like that. So yeah, well we get that question too. And then, seems like most people first assume that she's walking strangely because of the harness. And so they ask like, is this her, is this her first time out? And I'm like, no. And, and they'll say, well, she doesn't look very comfortable in that harness. And I'll say, well, it's not the harness. She has a neurological disorder. She, she just walks wobbly and, you know, Mm. but it's not a, not a problem for her. She, she loves her, outings and um Mm. is super happy in fact she's out of my seven cats I would hands down say I mean all my cats are happy but Sophie is like hands down the most joy-filled cat like she's never Mm. I don't think I've ever seen her upset about something you know she she just loves life and and loves everybody (laughs) yeah she she like you can tell you can just tell that she's just so happy it's so lovely um, and talking about all your happy cats, I'd love to talk about Kylo Ren for a while because he's also exploring with you as well, isn't he? Yes. Yep, he is. We'd love to hear a little bit about his personality and the kind of places that you take him. Sure. Um, so Kylo Ren, we call him Kylo for short, is definitely, I call him the baby of the family. He, um, he's small. He only, he weighs less than six pounds and he's full grown. So he's, he's small. Um, and, but don't let that fool you because he is very rambunctious and he loves to just run around the house and be like a little terror. He'll pounce on his brothers and sisters and tackle them and make them, you know, annoy them. He's just like a pesky, pesky little brother. 
Um, everybody <laughs> loves him, and it, it, he's not, like, mean-spirited about it. He's just like, oh, let's play and be crazy all the time. Um, and it sometimes gets on the other cat's nerves. They're like, leave me alone, you know. Um, so because he has all that energy and, uh, you know, he's just like in constant kitten mode, even though he's, uh, like three years old. Um, that's that's sort of why I started taking him out and training him to go exploring with Sophie. Um, because he, I just felt like he needed it. You know, he, Mm -hmm. I play with them of course and inside, but he, I don't know, he needs a little bit more than that. Um, so uh, we started taking him out with Sophie pretty much right away, right after we adopted him. We, he was a kitten um, mm-hmm. when we adopted him. And so uh, we, I just kind of threw him into it uh, mm-hmm. because I was like, well, he's, he's a kitten. If I start now and have him with Sophie, then it's just going to be normal to him. It'll just be, you know not a big deal and Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how that worked out with him um we we started small but progressed more quickly than you know i than we did with caster who was already you know a few years old when we started um Mm -hmm. taking him out so kylo just kind of got thrown into it um and having sophie with him to kind of show him the ropes i guess you know Mm -hmm. helped um, and, yeah. and, he, and he loves it. Um, but he differs from Sophie. We quickly found out that they enjoy different, um, different things. Like, whereas Sophie's really social and loves mm-hmm. meeting people and dogs and I mean, anything Kylo is not so much. He loves more of like the hiking kind mm-hmm. of, uh, trip where he mm-hmm. can, where it's quiet. There's not a lot of, um, noise, n- not, a, nothing to really spook him. Um, and he just kind of walk, walk through the woods and he loves to follow trails and pathways. Mm -hmm. So if you put him on a hiking trail, he's going to just go, go, go until you tell him, you know, it's time to turn around and stop. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's, he's our hiking buddy or, um, when we're not going so far as to go on a hike, we take him to uh, local cemeteries. It sounds kind of weird, but um, cemeteries are usually pretty quiet and mm. there's lots of sidewalks and paths, which he really likes. So he'll just kind of follow the sidewalks and explore, explore around in a quiet environment. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's his thing. So you mentioned progressing the training with Kylo and getting that faster and faster. What sort of steps are involved in that sort of training process? Um, well, I think the first step is always the harness training, you know, getting a cat used to being on a harness. Um, you see all the videos online of people putting harnesses on their cats and their cats just kind of like fall over, you know, um, Mm. and that usually happens. Uh, Mm. so you have to get them used to it. Um, so starting with just getting used to wearing a harness around, around the house. Um, and we did that with, with Kylo. We got him, um, we got him a harness and put it on him and he would wear it until he got comfortable with it. Then add the leash, then go to the backyard. And then from there, maybe go to a nearby park. And then from there, you know, just keep kind of pushing 
the boundaries. And so Kylo went from adventuring in the backyard to road tripping uh, seven hours away and riding on boats or flying in the plane in a plane for four hours and going to a pet conference. I mean, he's he's progressed to really cool, like, you know, big time adventures, I'd say. Wow. So how was that seven hour trip in the car? Um, it was fine. Um, Kylo yeah. does really well in the car. Um, you put okay. him in his carrier and he just, and he just pretty much curls up and sleeps. Um, okay. so he, that the car ride is no, no problem for him. Um, and so we, we learned that pretty quickly, you know, Sophie, we take in the car and she kind of cries a lot and is nervous, but even just going, we'd take Kylo just down the street and he'd just pretty much be silent the whole time. And we just kind of kept pushing the boundaries and discovered that really he doesn't care. It's like, all right, mm. I guess it's nap time. <laughs> <laughs> That's I awesome. Love, yeah. And I love how with each of your cats, you're learning about their personalities and then tailoring your approaches to them so that mm. it's not just a one size fits all. It's about sort of growing with your cat and mm-hmm. finding what's best for them. It's great. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, for sure. So like Kylo can do a seven hour car ride or even take the four hour plane ride, but I would never do that with Sophie. Um, mm-hmm. She would, I mean, she would be miserable riding in the car for that long. And I think if I were to fly with her, she would be that crying baby on the plane that mm-hmm. makes all the other passengers want to like, you know, rip all their hair yeah. out. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'd have to <laughs> go a bath in the bathroom on an airplane. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Can you just imagine how hard that would be? <laughs> just on the poop stories, have you have you tried using wet wipes and baby wipes? Has that worked for you guys or not at all? Um, that has worked for other our other cats who might just have, like, a little bit of a stray dingleberry or something like that. But Sophie, because oh, she usually fuck. falls into it. And it just yeah. kind of like gets all in her fur, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. a bigger mess. That's definitely bath bath worthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah that I makes. I think we find the same sometimes with Lumos that we can sort of tackle small issues with the baby wipes, but we've had to t- dunk him in a full bath sometimes as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was especially challenging the first time Daniel went away for work. Like the first day, Lumos just needed a bath. And I was like, no. (laughs) Yes, I've I've been there. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You mentioned that you took Kylo to a pet conference. We'd love to hear how he found traveling with you on the plane and like spending time at the conference. Um, Well, he... He did very well on the plane. I was a little bit nervous about it because I had never flown mm-hmm. with a pet before. But I knew that out of my three um, cat explorers, that mm-hmm. Kylo was the best suited for that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of trip. Um, so I we got a car- We had to get a special carrier that would fit under the seat on the plane. And so mm-hmm. we tested it out with him, put him in it and like rode around in the car to make sure that he felt comfortable in that carrier and I, he had no problems with it. So, um, you know, it was definitely just a trial. You know, there's only one mm-hmm. way to find out if your cat's going to be OK flying mm-hmm. on a plane. And 
is to do it. And, yeah. Um, thankfully, he was fine. Um, while we were waiting at the gate for the flight, um, you know, he, he wanted out of the carrier. And I let him out in my lap for a little bit. That's against the rules, so don't tell anybody. Oh, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I let him out in my lap, and, and he was comfortable with that. The taking off part, he got a little um, upset about with the pressure changes, you know, and, and, um, so I just made sure that I was able to reach into his carrier and sort of try to pet him a little bit and comfort him and give him treats. Um, but that was really it. Once, once the takeoff part was over, um, you know, he's just like, all right, nap time. (laughs) Awesome. I, I just love that you guys connect. So because in Australia, we can't actually take our pets in the cabin with us. They have oh. to go in with the um, cargo. cargo. So I just love that you can actually do that in the US and I think in Europe as well. It, yeah, well, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it, it's only if you're for smaller pets. You have to have a okay, carrier right. that, that fits under the seat in front of you. So if you know, like larger dogs and stuff like that, unless they're service dogs, or I think maybe emotional support animals, unless they're one of those two things, and they have to go um, Mm -hmm. into the cargo as well. So really just cats and small dogs are able to fly in cabin. Um, But I I will say too, the going through the security checkpoint at the airport Mm -hmm. was a bit stressful because they, um, they made me take Kylo out of his carrier and take his harness and harness and his leash off because it had metal on it to go through the metal detectors. And so that was really scary because I've, I'm trying to like hold him and walk through the, um, the scanner thing. Yeah. The, the body thing, scanner yeah. Scenes, yeah. yeah. And make sure that he doesn't get out of my arms because he's not secured in any way. And he's terrified because there's people and, and you know, it's new, it's loud situation so yeah. he's like squirming in my arms and I've like got death grip on him walking through the security checkpoint and then once I got through they wanted to uh uh swipe swab my hands for like explosives, explosives or something like that um and so but they wouldn't let me put him back in his carrier before they did that so they were like hold out your hands and I'm like uh I can't hold out my hands. I'm holding my cat like for dear life, you know, and they're like, you have to hold out your hands. So I'm like holding out my hands like, like this, you know, like, like trying to keep a hold on my cat and give them my hands at the same time. And it was, it was so stressful and I'm by myself too. Like my husband wasn't with me. So that, that was uh, a very stressful moment for both Kylo and I, but uh, Mm -hmm. we made it through. He didn't jump yes. out of my arms. I just kept thinking, if he gets out of my arms, these T- TSA agents, are, they better be helping me chase him around. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, man, because you'd have to, like, who knows where he'd run to. You'd have to, like, oh, that would, exactly. that's really scary. Yeah, that's a really good point about the logistics of the whole experience and what happens. Yeah. Just, there's a lot of nuts and bolts to it that you just don't think about. Yeah. And, yeah, just. Yeah. And I I didn't know about that either. Like I didn't know they were going to swab my hands. I didn't know they were going to make me take his leash and his harness off. And I had done a lot of reading and stuff online too, to prepare myself. But you know, there are just some things I guess that you don't learn until it happens. Mm. 
And it feels like they just did everything to you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, gosh, you guys are not making this easy. And they weren't sympathetic at all. Like, I was like, come on, can't you see that, like, my cat is terrified and I'm trying to keep a grip on him. And you guys are just like, take his leash off. Give me your hands. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I I thought I was going to, like, break down. You know, I was like, I I can't do this. (laughs) You did well. I think I would have just curled up and cried. (laughs) (laughs) But but I suppose that it's good to know for everyone else who might be thinking about taking their cat out like on a plane is that there are those things where you have to get through security, you have to get through the scanners, you might get asked to get swabbed for um, explosives and stuff like that. So yes. thank you for sharing that. It's, yeah. It was, uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I will add one more thing um, that I didn't know is that you can ask for a private screening. So oh. they didn't tell me that. Um, when I got there, they told me that on my return flight home, the, the experience on the return flight was much, the, the agents were a lot nicer. Um, but at the Atlanta airport, they were not. And they, they didn't tell me that I could, um, have a private screening in like a room and they would do all that in like a secluded, quiet space. Um, but that is an option. You just have to ask for it. Oh, oh that's, good to, know, that's good to know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we'll make sure that we include that in our show notes so that um, everyone knows about that. Um, talking about transportation, I've no like you mentioned that Kyla likes going on boats and things like that. How did you start that process? Um, well, we started with going out on a canoe. Sophie was actually the first one to do that. We took her out. We have a canoe and um, there's a river that runs through our town and we took the canoe and Sophie out one day and she really enjoyed it. So then we tried Kylo and um, he also really enjoyed it. So it sort of progressed from there. We went from canoe to um, kayak. We, we mm-hmm. took Kylo on a vacation with us um, a few hours away, like a long weekend vacation. And we rented kayaks and um, took him out. And he, he really enjoyed that. So then um, my husband's parents um, have a boat, like a pontoon boat. And um, we took kylo and castor with us when we visited um, my husband's parents one time and just thought oh, let's see what happens if we take him out on the boat he's done well with all these other things you know and um he loved it castor mm-hmm. castor enjoys it too actually they both um are boat kitties sophie doesn't like the boat she's been on the boat once and um i she doesn't like the the wind and and all that uh, so I would say that's actually the one outing that Sophie has ever shown any sort of discontent with. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kylo and Castor enjoy the boat. That's awesome. And I like that you take Castor out as well. Like, um, Do you normally take Castor out with Kylo or do they have separate things that they enjoy? We usually take them together um, because Castor is – he's not – um, he's not as experienced and he's not as good at, mm-hmm. at the exploring as Kylo and Sophie are. Um, and I don't know if it's his personality or the fact that we didn't start doing it with him until he was, uh, four years old or, you know, a combination of both, um, personality and his age. So it's been a slower training process for Castor. Um, and I've definitely had learning moments for myself where I tried to push Castor 
too hard because Mm -hmm. I had him with Kylo. I always take Castor and Kylo together so that Mm -hmm. Castor has a a buddy and Mm -hmm. somebody to kind of maybe make him feel more secure and, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, just show him how it's done kind of thing. Um, but there have been a couple of times where, uh, we went too long or, or did too much and Castor kind of got wigged out and, um, we had to quickly get him back to the car because he, you know, was in sort of freak out mode. And I realized "Ah, I can't, you know, I was pushing him too hard. I was Mm -hmm. expecting him to be like Kylo and he's not, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's just important that if I, we have Castor with us to take it a little bit slower and maybe not have as long of an outing because he's not quite ready for that yet. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah. We, we also find with Lumos and Noxie, like Lumos is very social and he's really happy. Whereas Noxie isn't so social. So she's more likely to sit in the bag and just look at everyone and she will get cranky if we're out for too long in the sun, in the heat, whereas Lumos is a lot more relaxed. So I think each cat's got their likes and dislikes and just, remembering it when we're out and about with them it's quite important yeah for sure yeah and actually talking about um cats likes and dislikes we've had this experience so we recently started a clicker training lumos and i actually did that because i saw that you clicker train kylo and i saw all the amazing things that he can do um can you tell us a little bit about that experience sure yeah so we got started with that kind of for the same reason that I started taking Kylo out on trips was because he's got all this energy and I need to direct it somehow. Um, and so clicker training is, I've, you know, learned is a fun and surprisingly not as difficult as you'd think kind of activity to do to keep your cat, uh, you know, entertained and give them, something to do inside you know like because I, I I don't have time to take my cats out every day or even mm. every week and especially during mm. the winter or during the summer I mean it gets so hot here in the summer like 100 degrees and and Kylo Ren's a black cat so he gets mm. overheated really easily so during those times when we can't go out um you know clicker training is a good alternative to keep Mm-hmm. you know, keep him entertained and, and, uh, interested, you know, give him something to do. And mm-hmm. plus the, a lot of the skills that you can teach with clicker training are really useful for when you take them mm-hmm. out, like teaching them to come when they're called. So if he were to ever slip out of his harness, which has happened before, mm-hmm. um, you know, then if he has good recall skills, it's not going to be as scary. You know, I don't have to worry about him running off unless he's super scared, you know, that I might could count on the fact that if I call him and have the clicker or whatever, that he'll come to me and not run away. Um, and teaching him to sit. And so if there's a a dog coming by and we're not sure if the dog is friendly to cats, I can have Kylo sit and kind of stay and, and keep him, you know, just keep him safe. Plus, it gives us fun things to do, fun little extra yeah. things to do, not just at home. And we practice at home, but whenever I take them out, I also practice our skills and stuff while we're out and about, too. Um, so I, I've I found it to be uh, fun for both me and for him. And I actually do the clicker training with um, Samson, too. He, he mm-hmm. Samson does not go out 
exploring. Um, he is too, he's too much of a scaredy cat. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. he really enjoys the clicker training just at home. And, uh, I've done a little bit of it with all of my cats, except for Sophie. Sophie mm-hmm. is not, uh, she, she doesn't care. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You know, you, you're going to give me a anyway. So, uh, so with the exception of Sophie, everybody has at least learned sit and mm-hmm. to come when I call them. Uh-huh. Um, that's good. Yeah. But Kylo and Samson have learned some more advanced tricks, which mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, um, I've actually, so Noxie was like Sophie. She did not care at all. And um, even just getting her to sit was quite hard. So we've been doing it for about two, three months now with Lumos. And all of a sudden, in the last week, Noxie just came to get involved. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I'm actually now struggling with the cognitive load of Lumos is advanced in the program, whereas Noxie's right at the beginning. And I have to like switch between the two of them. And I find that quite challenging. So it's it's some training for my brain as well. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Mm. What, what I do with that, because with, with seven cats, uh, mm. I, I can't do them all at the same time. Mm. I, I always just I put them all um, like in, in our bedroom and take bring them out one at a time and work with okay. them just individually. I've tried to have like two of them out, but my cats, I swear they are the, the most food motivated cats. They act like they've never eaten a day in their life. And so they are fed separately and I have to give them treats separately. So if I've got the treats out for clicker training and I have more than one out, I mean, they're not paying attention to the commands I'm giving them. They're just going to fight over who's going to get that treat. Like it, they lose all, uh, all sense. They just act like a bunch of hooligans. So one at a time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to have to do. He's like, it's quite hard to be like, okay, Noxie's on sitting, Lumos is on fist bump, and just trying to manage that yep. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so we've taken up so much of your time, and we're really grateful for how generous you've been. We, with all our guests, we've just got a, four questions that we like to ask them right at the end. So um, we'll get a start on that. So um, what do you hope to see in the future regarding the movement of cats who explore with their humans? Um, I would like it to just be more, more commonplace. Um, you know, I, I like that people ask me questions and stuff when I take my cats out and, and that it's sort of a novelty, I guess, but that also gets old. I I would like to eventually be able to take my cats out and just enjoy an adventure, you know, and not, not necessarily have to worry about all the questions and to see other cats while we're out. You know, I don't think we've ever seen another cat while we've been out before. And, Mm. um, and I just wish that it was, would, will eventually just be like how people take their dogs out, you know, just Mm. not a big deal. And, um, because I think the cats obviously benefit from it. And I think the humans do too. And, and to just know that, you know, more cats and more people are getting to enjoy that activity together, I think, mm-hmm. is, you know, is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And it's nice to see that it's growing now. So you see, so like in our experience, we've met two or three people while we've been out and about with Lumos and Noxie, and they will, they actually take their cats out. They didn't have their cats at the time. 
but it was great yeah. to talk to them and just mm. be like, oh, wow, you actually have a cat that walks on a harness. Or they um, were like, oh, we've got one of your backpacks. How do you feel about it? Because we've got these challenges with it. And it's just, I was just so excited. It's just funny. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I haven't yeah. had that experience yet. I, I always get the, what? I've never seen a cat on a leash. What? A, that's so crazy, you know? I, yeah. I, I will look forward to the day when someone comes up to me and is like, oh, I do this too. Yeah. <laughs> It will come. It will come. <laughs> and actually, you kind of just touched on it. What's the most entertaining comment someone said to you while you've been out and about with the kitties? Uh, well, somebody tried to buy Sophie one time. What? <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody offered to buy Sophie. Uh, they saw her and thought she was uh, cool, I guess, which she is. And they were like, uh, how much do you want for your cat? I was like, uh, nothing. <laughs> like she's not for sale. Same. And they offered me $20 and I was like, no, I'm not selling you my cat for $20. And then they offered me a hundred dollars and even took, brought out a hundred dollar bill. And they're like, here's a hundred dollar bill. Can I have your cat? And I was like, no, <laughs> she, she's not for sale. So I think that's yeah, probably the craziest, so. the craziest thing that has ever happened is someone trying to buy Sophie. I don't know how I would have responded to that. Probably just shock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think I was kind of just looking at the guy. I was like, is this real? Like, you're no, that's so weird. <laughs> Who would say yes to that question? I want to know. Like, that's no. <laughs> I don't even know. Who would ask that question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That yeah, that's for sure the most interesting thing that I've had somebody say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, who are your favorite accounts to follow on Instagram and why? Um, one of my for sure favorite accounts is Wobbly Cats. Um, they're not, well, I guess they're sort of cat explorers. They, they go out in their backyard and play, but mm. it's an account of a family of cats with cerebellar hypoplasia. And there's three of them. And, uh, oh gosh, their videos of them playing out in the backyard are just hilarious. And they're so cute. And I just love how, um, you know, they're raising awareness and, mm. and doing so much to, you know, just get the word out about CH that I, I, my husband and I both check, like purposely go to their account, like, you know, almost every day to be like, what's the newest trooper video? Like, we've got to see it. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's adorable. We definitely have to check them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, we'll yeah. post their links in the show notes as well so that everyone can go check their little cute videos out yeah. and learn a bit more about CH. Um, so do you have a product or a service or a program that's been a game changer for your, any of your kitties or all your kitties? Um. I think the product that has probably made the biggest difference for us is our carriers that we have. Um, mm -hmm. We have we have Sleepy Pod carriers, and um, for Sophie especially because she gets so nervous in the car, um, the Sleepy Pod since they double as both a bed and a carrier, and the top the cats can see out of really well. Um, I noticed, a, I mean, she still gets nervous in the car, but I noticed a big difference when we switched, um, mm -hmm. carriers to the sleepy pod that she, um, 
just seemed more comfortable and not quite as, as, uh, you know, freaked out. And Mm -hmm. they're also big enough that I can fit Sophie and like Kylo Ren in a carrier together. Um, and so that calms Sophie down a lot if she has Mm -hmm. somebody with her. Um, Mm -hmm. so she, that usually keeps her quiet. And so I can Mm -hmm. fit because Kylo and Kylo is so small. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think two big cats could fit together Mm -hmm. in a sleepy pod, but you know, Sophie's pretty small and then Kylo's like really small. So they Mm -hmm. fit. And, uh, you know, it's, I think hands down the sleepy pod has just made the car experience um, a mm-hmm. lot more peaceful uh, for mm-hmm. for my gang. Yeah, and uh, plus is that they're actually crash tested as well, so they're um, yeah. safe in the car. But um, I think it's a center for pet safety. I'll I'll put that link in the um show notes as well if anyone's interested. That's yeah, always so important. Yeah. So, Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an awesome time. I've just loved learning about Sophie and Kylo and the rest of your gang. It's so lovely to hear all about them. Where can we find you you guys all online? Um, well, we have a blog, uh, kittycatchronicles.com. Uh, we try to post there about once a week um, about our adventures and um, outings and uh, also just educational articles about training and uh, also about cerebellar hypoplasia related things. Um, And then we also have a Facebook group um, called KCC Adventure Cats. Um, So people can just post about their outings with their cats, ask questions, you know, it's it's a really supportive group full of people of all experience levels. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, we also have Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at Kitty Cat Chronicles. Cool. We'll put all those links to those um your um where you are online and all the other links that we've spoken about today in our show notes, which will be at www.catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. And we'd like to thank you, thank everyone for listening today. It would really mean the world to us if you could subscribe to Cat Explorer podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast because it will help us continue to get some awesome guests on the show and to keep inspiring you and to keep giving you some awesome advice about exploring with your kitties. And we would also love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So feel free to screenshot this episode on your phone, post it on your Instagram stories, tag us at catexplorer.community and kittycatchronicles and let us know what your main takeaways are and what you think of today's episode. And if you're on Twitter, feel free to tweet your thoughts to us at Cat Explorers or at Kit Cat Chronicle. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. We're so grateful for each and every one of you. Um, that's it for today, and we'll catch you next time. And in the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world. <laughs>